0: up, everybody. This is uh, episode one of Turk and Jewel's Big Questions, Two Jews with 3,000 sports views. I'm Julian Mendelsohn, one of your hosts. I'm here with my good friend, Adam Turkerin. How's it going? So, you know, episode one, we kind of figured we'd do a little bit of introductions about ourselves, what we're about where we're from, where we are now, just so we're not just kind of jumping into sports talk with no context, you know. So I'm from Cheltenham, Pennsylvania, went to Cheltenham High School, been a big sports consumer pretty much my entire life. Just kind of for frame of reference, like when I was a little kid, my parents used to have the newspaper out every day, and I'd have to wake up like an hour before school because I was so obsessed with stats. Like I'd read every single stat, every single box. You know, like, you know how like in the paper, like they have like the box scores. Like I was one of those kids who had to read every single stat. You know what I mean? A little bit of a nerd, but okay. A little bit. <laughs> so uh, fast forward to today. I'm now a student at the University of Puget Sound. And uh, probably going to, I am deferring the semester because of the whole online thing so you know my dad figured i should do something and he was like why don't you start a podcast and i was like you know what why not so uh talked to my good friend adam here and uh here we are so adam why don't you give your little spiel
1: also can't forget ultimate frisbee player that's true (laughs) (laughs) so uh i'm adam come from Cheltenham that's where I met Jewel uh now at Penn State used to play baseball basketball watch everything big Philly sports I'm ready to talk I don't know about you all right so
0: yeah that's our that's our little segment about us so we're gonna start our first ever episode with a really (laughs) polarizing topic um So, as you know, the MLB season has been underway for, like, two weeks.
1: Four games for a Phillies fan.
0: Four games, including tonight. We're recording this after the Phillies. Actually, I haven't checked the final score. Did we end up losing that game? Yeah, they got killed. Yeah, I saw it was, like, 6-1. 6-2, 6-2. 6-2? All right. Well, (laughs) anyway, the Phillies have just been slaughtered tonight.
1: 6'3. 6'2? Um, six, 3. 6'3. Six, three. Three. Oh, we got an extra run. All right, sweet. Forgot about the uh, RBI single in the eighth. All right,
0: well, you know, considering we're playing the Yankees, that's not too bad.
1: <laughs> only the best pitcher in the league.
0: Facts, facts. Anyway, getting into it. So the, the MLB is kind of in an interesting position here. They've had. The Marlins all got COVID what was it last week?
1: Yeah. Well, some of their players had COVID going into their uh first series against Phillies. They started with about four players as the series went on. Uh more players got it. Sunday uh their starting pitcher was scratched and we end up hearing later that they had a full text message because they had so many players who had it talking about whether they wanted to play it, and they decided to play. It no MLB protocol going into it. So, there was a game on Sunday and then no games for the Marlins and Phillies for another week.
0: Yeah. So, that happened and then later in the week the Cardinals reportedly also started getting it. So, look, here's the here's the the big question. Do you think the season continues? Yes.
1: I so First off, let's be clear: this was a terrible plan. They by far have the worst plan out of all sports. I mean, NFL, obviously, non-season, but NBA bubble, NHL bubble, much more sophisticated doing uh, having people talk about each other, knowing what's going on with everyone. Baseball, they essentially just limited travel, but everyone's still going back to their homes can't really regulate anyone yeah they, they
0: didn't do a good job of really checking in to make Well, they said they had to self-quarantine but they didn't really check on the players that the players were self-quarantining did they
1: no and every, every single night they're still going back to their homes where who knows if their family is quarantining you could really be exposed in many different ways at this point yeah but that being said this is not a nightmare scenario. I mean, Manfred said a few days ago, I think that, I mean, Miami had a bunch of uh, COVID outbreaks. They shouldn't have played. The, the protocol should be much stricter with that. However, only one team got it. I mean, you could look at how many players got it, but only one team got it. And that being said, there were only four teams in total who had to cancel games and Baltimore and the Yankees ended up rescheduling and playing the majority of the week anyway. And on top of that, you look at – because the bigger problem is you can't have the spread of it. They, they knew going into this that many players are going to uh, contract COVID. But as long as it doesn't spread and there's, people don't have it that bad, that's sort of doing well for the MLB. So Miami has a ton of players who get it. Phillies ended up getting tested – They ended up, none of their players got it. Three of their attendants supposedly got it, but then two of them ended up being false negatives. So the reality of the situation is other than one bad test, the majority of the time that week, there was only one team that was really affected, that really had a bad problem. Right, but what about the cards? The the cards are getting it too. But, I mean, now the Cardinals are getting it. But it came... When they it came out to today that a bunch of their players went to a casino. So first off, that needs wait, to wait, be called. Wait. That cannot happen. <laughs> Let me stop you real quick. Because just-
0: here's, here's where I think the flaw in your argument is. Because just so you know, I'm actually on the other side of this argument. I think the season should and probably will stop very, very shortly. Because here's the deal. What When we talk about the Marlins getting it, why did the Marlins get We could not tell you. You know what happened? They went out to the bar in Atlanta. Six of their players. You didn't hear about this?
1: No, I missed that.
0: Six of their players went out to the bar in Atlanta is what I've heard. And that's why they got it. So now you're telling me that the Cardinals went to a casino, and now the Cardinals players have it. It seems to me like we have a common theme of – players are going places they're traveling with the team going out without the team or or with some members of the team and getting it and especially considering the fact that a lot of these teams are in cities that are pretty dangerous right now if you consider any team that plays in texas any team that plays in florida the diamondbacks (laughs) even honestly even the south coast Honestly even even Seattle as 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 someone who's going to school in the Pacific Northwest I know that the cases are not doing great right now. There's not a lot of safe places to play. I really don't see
1: cuz here's the thing do you, do you think that another team is going to get it? Or do you think they're just going to make it the rest of the season? So that that's the thing. There are totally going to be more cases. There's no way that it's confined to the first week of play. But the question is when there are cases, will they be able to confine it to teams and not have it spread against the teams that you're playing and totally go over Because as long as it's within one team, every time that there's an outbreak, they'll cancel games. It'll be a scheduling mess, but the rest of the league will be able to operate. Can they confine it to the, to the teams and limit the amount of teams that have effects? I think they can at least do it for another few weeks.
0: Right, but don't you think they should be trying to avoid any outbreaks? I don't know. I feel like that. Like I understand where you're coming from, and the fact that yes, it, like players can get it, and if they quarantine, the league theoretically can continue. But like, bro, as a player, like if I'm playing for the Texas Rangers, and I know like what you're saying that hyper, like there is a possibility that at some point, if I go out and some of my teammates go to a bar one day, I could get it. Like, is that worth it? Like, you're playing a – first off, you're playing a 60-game season. You're not, you're not making your full salary. They've given you options to opt out. Joanna Cespedes the other day didn't even tell the Mets he was opting out.
1: Uh, uh, he, he was just at the mall. He he just he just just shown packed at the mall. everything up and he went to the mall with his friends.
0: Look, sometimes you don't want to play a day game. You need to, you know, get that new pair of Jordans. I can't
1: blame him. <laughs> Not they had an early game that day, and the agent called an hour past the beginning of the game. <laughs> like, they
0: didn't, like, I can't imagine. That's the second time that's happened to a team in New York, by the way. Because oh. you remember the whole Derrick Rose thing. Oh. When he played for the Knicks, they didn't know where he was either.
1: Well, well, once you're getting uh, notifications from Bleach Report saying, UNA Cespedes didn't come to the game. His whereabouts are unknown at the moment. <laughs> I feel yes. like they should be doing a better job.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, it's the New York Mets. And they also this year fired a manager before he would managed a game. I know he was a cheater, but it's still the principle of it.
1: I so, mean, let's be real. Do the Mets even show up to their games? I don't think so. <laughs> at this rate, they might as well not, man. <laughs> they they might as well not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right anyway so overall we're it's you got to admit though it's it's not looking it's not a good look right now for the MLB with they've had if you look at the standings dude
1: nice. the
0: game today if you look at the standings the Yankees are seven and one and the fillings were one and two going into a game and if you look across the MLB standings, there's like this ridiculous disparity in the amount of games played between a
1: majority of the teams. Oh, whoa, 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 Majority?
0: Not ma- sorry. Majority may be stretching.
1: The Phillies have had a bunch of games canceled. The Marlins have had a bunch of games canceled. Uh, the Yankees and the Orioles had, I think, two or three games canceled. And Cardinals now, and Brewers had games canceled. They've had two canceled. So, like, is there a disparity? Yes. Are, I mean, they're playing through a pandemic. If I mean, they knew going into this, it's sort of going to be a mess, and you sort of just have to go with the chaos. Will there be p- people who get COVID? Yes. Is that worth it? I'm not sure. But is it a nightmare scenario for MLB yet, and will they be shutting down anytime, really soon? Don't think so.
0: <laughs> All right. That's fair enough. Well, to bridge our way into our next pot- topic, I've got another little question for you. Do you think that the bubble leagues are more successful than the non-bubble leagues? Oh, by
1: far. By far. The MLB should have implemented that like immediately. I think I think the biggest problem with the MLB going into the bubble leagues is that they have a lot more players, they have a lot more season to play because of uh, when this happened, um, there wasn't as obvious as a choice to play because really Arizona and Florida were the two easiest places to put to have that many games and Obviously, those places are a mess. But I think they should have done smaller bubbles and had, like, maybe four of them and put different regions there rather than limiting the travel in regions, just having, like, a bubble in Philly. Because, I mean, we have enough hotels. Why not put, like, six teams up, have a few games? You could put 4 o'clock games and 8 o'clock games. You only need, like, one, maybe two, two uh, like, real stadiums there's other fields that they could play on. It would be a logistical nightmare, but isn't all of this.
0: I just kind of want to put out a little contrast here with the MLS and the MLB, because I don't know if you realize that their seasons started at a similar time. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying their seasons started at similar times And the
1: MLS got it completely right, and the MLB has gotten it completely wrong. Stay out of the bubble makes no sense in my eyes. I think that's people trying to uh, to be comfortable when you can't really go with comfort in a pandemic. You sort of have to go with what's logical.
0: So anyway, the reason that we brought up this, I brought up this whole bubble thing, um, is to introduce the next topic, which is our other bubble league. One of our other bubble leagues is doing pretty well, and that's the NBA. Now, we're both pretty avid NBA watchers. And I don't know about you, but I've, I've watched most of the games so far. One thing I've – so the first thing I want to say that I've noticed in a lot of the games so far is they've called way too many fouls. Like, yes. oh absolutely insane the amount of fouls that they've called. That's ticky a- tack fouls. They called a flagrant foul today over, like – like it was someone tried to swipe at the ball and they like tapped someone's nose or something like that. And then the refs, well, but the thing was is the refs called that a flagrant foul. And then in a different game, they didn't call a flagrant foul when Goran Dragic grabs OG Ananobi's leg and he falls to the ground. They didn't call it a flagrant foul because he could have been hurt, but he didn't get
1: hurt. So it wasn't a flagrant. So the refs may need these eight games more than the players.
0: Really? I mean, honestly, the way that if you saw that Mavs Rockets game on night one, those guys were pretty warm to me. I mean, maybe not on defense. (laughs) Yeah. having a nice little all star game out there. I don't mind that, though. Like it's bubble basketball. It's different, man. I'll take I'll take more points. And in the modern NBA, they don't play defense anyway, especially not in the regular season.
1: Sixers and Spurs just went off and got 130 tonight. <laughs> Man,
0: the Sixers aren't playing def- – the Sixers haven't played defense either tonight, to be honest.
1: TJ Warren only dropped – what was it, 52, 54?
0: 53. He, you know, he actually, he actually dropped 34 again today against the Wizards. He's, uh, yeah, that makes me feel a little bit better about Sixers, but uh, not really. So, speaking of Sixers, since they're a quote-unquote uh, – in contention right now. Let's talk a little playoff basketball. Right? So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go pull up the standings right now. Um because I hate to say it, I don't actually know them offhand. Um,
1: let's not look at the Sixers being six seed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not looking great for our Sixers right now, but look it's gonna be a really interesting playoffs this year, so I think we should go through. I'll first first I'll I'll give you the order of the standings. Um, we'll go east and then west. We'll kind of as we after we do the standings for each conference, we'll kind of talk about who our who our favorites are, what we think is going to happen, and we'll give a little a little dark horse. Ooh. A little dark horse action. Get a get a get a bold prediction out there of a team that. May not be on everyone's
1: radar that probably should be. First podcast might as well either look incredibly good or very stupid. So, yeah.
0: Well, you know what? That's what that's what hot takes are, man. So, and if we look at the order, we got the Bucks sitting at the one seed, five, ga- five and a half games ahead of the Raptors, classic at the two seed, Boston sitting at the three, Miami's four, Indiana's five, sixes are sitting at six. Orlando 7, Brooklyn 8, and obviously Washington is the ninth seed who has to come within four games of Brooklyn in order to force the playoff. Um, they're currently seven and a half games out. I don't really think they have a shot, especially without John Wall and
1: Brad Veal. But re- remember, they do have a different uh, system right now. They just need to get within four games. Uh at the end of the season to play uh, what is it then they would need to beat them twice they need, the they need to beat them twice yeah.
0: they would need to so essentially what they need to do is they need to a catch up to within four games and b beat either the nets or orlando twice to be honest i don't think they can beat either of those teams once probably not but i'm all so, for it.
1: Get the chaos going
0: I'd, I'd, I'd say that um, right now we're gonna we're just gonna rule the wizards out. All right're we're, we're, we're gonna talk about this. we're gonna rule the wizards out. So let's talk let's talk favorites. Who's your team out of the
1: east? Why? Oof. there's first off, there are some very good possible matchups here, but uh right now i'm I'm sort of looking at Miami, really. You know they got Jimmy Butler as a finisher. They've had chemistry all year. I mean, they're they've sort of been clicking under the radar for a while now. And I don't see I mean the Bucks I mean, how many times can we do this same dance? Bucks go off in the regular season, get to the playoffs, and sort of just fizzle. Um, Toronto, very solid team, very solid coach. I without Kawhi, I don't think they have I mean You can't really succeed in the NBA without a top, top player. And Pascal Siakam is incredible. I don't think he's there yet. The NBA regular season is different than the playoffs. And that's why I would give Boston more of a chance than Toronto. I think Boston has a very complete team. But I'm really looking at Miami. Really? See, okay,
0: I I do like Miami. I just don't think that outside of Jimmy Butler and Spo, that they really have playoff experience and especially and I honestly, you know what though, now that I think about it does do you actually need playoff experience for this year?
1: Who knows at this point like, anything goes right now there's
0: like if you think about it what the the hardest thing about the playoffs is playing in front of the fans, especially for the away games, and there's no fans,
1: you know uh, they're even a home home court advantage right now,
0: yeah. I got to say, for me, just purely based on a coaching standpoint and starting lineup standpoint, I got to go with the Celtics. Giannis is an MVP, but I think that the way that that team is built, teams know how to stop them in the playoffs, and it's kind of been proven the last couple years that the guys around him kind of crumple when he can't just run through everybody into the paint willy-nilly. So, like, unless Chris Middleton turns into Kawhi Leonard overnight, I'm with you. The Bucs just aren't doing it for me. And, like, going in, I was very confident in the Sixers' ability to beat both the Bucs and the Celtics in the playoffs because of their matchup. But the way the Sixers are playing, they can't beat – they don't look like they
1: can beat the Wizards. Much Let's less be real, though. Once the playoff starts, the NBA goes into a different level. And the Sixers have – so my problem with the Bucks is that they're both – they're built on Giannis. If they can't get in the paint, they're really going to have a hard time. Yeah. Sixers have so much talent that they can try and do different things and, like, really conform to their different team with different matchups. I still – if I'm any of the top teams, I don't want to play the Sixers first round. No chance. Yeah, but – a, they're, they're, they're going to get out-coached.
0: Brad Stevens has a significant coaching advantage over Brett Brown. Nick Nurse has a significant coaching advantage over Brett Brown. Eric Spolstra has a significant coaching advantage over Brett Brown. You're right. I do, I do agree with you in the fact that definitely talent-wise, the Sixers should be in the NBA Finals this year.
1: I don't trust Brett Brown to find the right combinations of players for that team. I... A coach only can go so far. I don't think Brett Brown's adding that much, but I also don't think he's holding them back that much.
0: I think you think he's got the Ty Lue effect.
1: Basically, yeah. <laughs> 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 I mean, like you look at the Sixers. Any game right now, they look like the better team. Even even when they played the Bucks. They've looked like the better team. They did. You just don't play that hard. And when you have a guy like Joel who can look like he's sleeping through a game and still drop 40 points, get 20 yeah. rebounds. Oh God, I mean, I wouldn't count them out. I I'm excited to see what they could do in the playoffs. Don't I? Don't have high expectations, but I also don't have low expectations. It's fair.
0: So, all right. So, who would your dark horse be then? <laughs>
1: That's my answer. I mean, that could be my uh, hometown speaking for me. But uh, you look at the Sixers; they have more talent than almost anyone in in the league. And I mean, the things that they could do, even even if they just have Joel going down at the bottom and they're just building on Joel, I think I think he could get past a good amount of teams if he's playing with everything he has. Same with Simmons; I don't even think they need. I think they need one of Ben Simmons and Joel to be having a good game and maybe a shooter. A shape, I think they both. Tobias Harrison. I mean, they've, they've played very well at times without both of them going off. I mean, the net series, Ben Simmons went off. after yeah, Joel was uh, quiet that series. Right. after After they called him out, he just went off and he yeah. took care of it. I think they need one of those two and then a shooter to be okay. And I think that's possible. That's an interesting one. I think so. My dark
0: horse is actually the number two seed Raptors. Dark horse. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Like it feels weird saying that, but I feel like Brainy they've been slept on this. Like they've been slept on this whole season. They are still the defending champions. That's like, right. You can't take that away from them. Everyone who everyone who says, "Oh, Katie and Clay got hurt," shut up, man. Like. The Warriors, the Warriors in previous years have had players get have had key players get injured on the way to the, their final runs. It happens. The Raptors deserved to win the championship last year.
1: And well, it's it's also a mix of that. I mean, you also have a player who was just going insane. That yeah, entire- Kawhi Leonard was fantastic for them. But I
0: I think that my reasoning for them coming out this year is. They do have some real serious pieces. Like Fred Van Vliet is a player who he went off for 36 points today. He's a guy who can be dangerous in the playoffs. He was dangerous in the playoffs last year. They do still have Kyle Lowry, who's a very good veteran point guard. Serge Ibaka, he's a, he's a very underrated uh, power forward. They got Marcus Gasol, an experienced big, who – Again, for a while, it was at the top of the league, and of course, you got Pascal Siakam, my guy, Spicy P. Like, I don't know. I feel like that they have a team that, if you're not careful, they can beat you. And so far in their first two games, they've looked very, very strong. They remember they beat the Lakers so far, and they beat the Heat. Two very, very good
1: teams. I don't well, know. I. It's, it's still regular season. NBA is one of the is probably the sport that varies the most, where regular season is just different from the playoffs. And I mean, the NBA, at least over the past few years, has been built on super teams. I mean, the one team who's won the chip the past few years who you look at it and wasn't fully a super team would maybe be the Raptors last year. And they, I mean, like you said, they lost Kawhi. So they don't really have that superstar where like they could be going up against an Anthony Davis and uh LeBron. They could be going up against like a Tatum, Jalen Brown, like Marcus Smart. Like I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. Although another interesting team, I don't think they're going to go that far, but another interesting team is the Pacers getting Victor Oladipo they back. Are. TJ Warren's been on a tear. They, I mean, they have, they have a few good players. I don't think this is their year, but, they they have a little bit of a core going there. They they've got the minus Sabonis
0: and Malcolm Brogdon, too.
1: Oh, Sabonis! I didn't even think
0: it's. Was... Yeah, they've they've got they do have a solid starting five. But come on, bro! Like Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam are much more
1: playoff viable than Victor Oladipo. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I i do not think I don't think the Pacers are going to put really run at any of them but they're still going to be an interesting team i think they'll have a good first round i don't think that not positive they'll make it past the first round but i think they'll have an interesting series at least they're playing either the
0: heat or the celtics i don't think either of those matchups favors them Uh (laughs) but yeah you're right they are definitely one of the teams that could kind of sneak up on you if you're not careful so I think
1: think I'm ready for some NFL talk.
0: We didn't even get to the West, man. Oh, my gosh. Who do you think? So, do you want to give you the Western Conference standings? Yeah, let's hear Let's hear So, there's more teams in the West than there are in the East because, you know, the West is a little bit deeper and the West also doesn't have the Knicks and the Cavs in it and the Hornets.
1: They also have Zion and the NBA sort of just has to try and get Zion into the playoffs. Oh, of
0: course. So we got at the number one spot. Actually, they clinched tonight, the Lakers. Um, Clippers are two. Nuggets are three. Rockets are four. Jazz are five. Thunder, six. Mavs, Mavericks, seven. We got the Grizz at eight. We got, on the outside looking in, Portland at nine. San Antonio at ten. The Pelicans at 11. The Kings at 12. 12. And the Suns at thirteen, gotta be real. I don't know why they brought the Kings and the Suns.
1: That's uh, just, that sounds like, like they're trying to make some TV money. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, like technically, the S- Kings and the Suns are in it. I mean, Get DM- actually, they are within. There are within like three games. But come on, really? Like, it's like like honestly, they could have just brought the eight teams from the East and brought like. If they really wanted to do that, they could have switched the Pelicans over to the East, and
1: I wouldn't have had a problem with
0: it. Yeah. would have been a little
1: bit interesting. Get J.J. Redick and uh, Zion looking up at a few lesser teams. would have been interesting. So,
0: now that we have established the order of these standings, who do you think comes out of it? We're talking top team? Who who yeah, who's who's meeting the Miami Heat? <laughs> who's meeting the Miami Heat in the NBA finals?
1: Ah uh, I don't want to follow the crowd, but I can't go against LeBron.
0: Dude, it's so hard not to. I mean <laughs> he went to eight straight finals in the East. Honestly, dude, he's playing better than he did a couple years ago.
1: He's on a mission. If they if he they knew that the MVP was gonna be for uh, wasn't gonna count for the next few games, I could easily see him getting it. But it shouldn't. He's been he wasn't that
0: good. Actually I didn't I didn't really get a chance to see the game tonight um with with the Jazz. But you know, outside of the game winner, which yes, he scored the game winner, he wasn't that good in that game. He also wasn't very good in the Raptors game. Def- I, I gotta say though, defensively he looks defensively he looks like prime LeBron. That's the one thing that's really surprised me is the level that his defense has been at so far. I'm with you. I think LeBron's gonna come out of the West. Um, I, I I really do, I think that it's gonna be he's gonna have to beat the Clippers.
1: Um, but yeah, I, I still look at the Western Conference. I mean, the Lakers and the Clippers have a huge jump between them and uh, Denver Houston or uh Utah so see see when when,
0: when we talk about it, I actually want to get into my dark horse now because I actually have something to say about Houston I think Houston is actually built to make a run this year oh now, you, now I know call me crazy they don't play us they don't have a center they just jack up 75 threes a game I think that works for this environment oh though Come I on. think you, I think that the running gun, Mike D'Antoni, we're gonna shoot the lights out. We don't care about defense or rebounds because we're gonna just outscore you. I think that like, it's not like I don't think it's. I'm not saying that they're going to the NBA Finals, but I'm saying that they like they could be a team that if any team is going to knock off the Lakers, it's gonna be them. Like yeah, I mean. I think I think that the way to beat like these teams are two sound teams, so I think that the way to beat them is doing something that you probably
1: wouldn't normally do. Yes, but shooting you can't you can't strictly rely on shooting. I mean, but unless I, you're unless you're Steph Curry, I don't think you can rely on your entire team just shooting lights out. I mean, if you were in the NFL and you were playing a one-game playoff every time, yeah they could easily beat the Lakers or the Clippers in a game. Do I think that they're going to win three or four? No. Don't see it. I don't I don't think you can just count on your team, just knocking down everything all the time. I'm not? They have
0: 10 guys on, like, they
1: don't have a single guy on their team that can't shoot
0: threes. Every single player on the court at any given moment is a three-point shooter, and they all shoot the ball at a fairly decent rate. Like, why can't they why can't they go through and just drop 43s a game? It's I mean that's not reliable. But, just, has, but like my thing is I it's never been no one's ever tried it before. How do we know it's not reliable? I mean, I'm just saying I'm just saying that many
1: teams who have great three point shooters
0: and right. One great three point shooter, not a team of three point shooters. There's never been. There's never like. Look, think about
1: it. Their center is a three-point shooter. Is is it that there's never been one, or that we don't know about one because they've never made it made it that far and been a big
0: team? There's, Ad, have you ever heard of a team that's ever tried small ball, serious small ball?
1: Wait, yes, the Warriors did it, and it worked. Well, that's why I said I mean Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time, hands but down. But James Harden can be that good of a shooter. James Harden's an elite shooter. Uh, yes, he's a great player. I don't see them I don't I see them making some noise in, in a series. I don't see them winning the series.
0: Right. That's where that's why they're my dark horse. I think <laughs> that's I think true. I think that like, you know, they I don't think that necessarily they're the best team. I don't think th- I think that realistically they probably should not be either the Lakers or the Clippers in seven games. But they're a team that if you're really not careful, they could they could sneak a couple of games and next thing you know you're down three one and
1: that's you the, bomb threes. Yeah, if, if the moons line up, I just I just don't think it's a that's a something to build on. I think you gotta be more balanced than that, but the shooters gym, man. Joe Harris said the lighting in there is great for shooters. <laughs> This, this is new age of basketball should be interesting. Okay, I I'm looking at this, these rankings. I don't even think. I really don't think anyone's going to make that much noise. I do like Dallas, but I mean, do I really think that they're going to go anywhere? Not really. They can't close I, out games. I think it. I think it's the Lakers and the Clippers, unless something bad happens. Hold on, that and I'm not someone who usually likes to pick the top teams. That's a that's a rare one. Adam being convinced
0: of Lakers Clippers semi and the conference finals, and yet I picked the Heat for the Eastern Conference. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually I actually made a bet with someone about that. Like I, I pretty much guaranteed that the two teams left were going to be Lakers Clippers. Like it's really hard not to pick them. Like unless the Clippers fall to the four seed magically. In which case, they have to play the Cavs in the second round. I mean, the I said Cavs
1: because LeBron
0: was on the Cavs before. Yeah. We the should really
1: stop calling it cities, like the cities. Like, why call it, like, the Lakers, the Heat, the Cavs? Just call it LeBron's team.
0: Yeah, honestly, that's at this it, point. That's what it is. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron's team will probably be in the NBA Finals again. Let's. I mean, let's be real. That would be a better name than the Washington Football Team. So, yeah. You know what? If LeBron was a DC guy, I'm sure that's what the team name would be.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I feel like that's a, is that a segue?
0: That's a fantastic segue. So, I saw Odell Beckham coming out. Uh, o- Odell Beckham came out the other day, basically saying, "You guys view us as less than
1: human." Did you see that? Oh, yeah. This, this is a few hours ago. He, really? said he, he said he wasn't opting out, but the NFL should be canceled easily.
0: I think that, that what they may need to do is go seven on seven or something like that. <laughs> well, like, it would be crazy fun. Honestly, honestly because the, the thing that makes it really hard is the amount of people you have to take for the NFL. Yeah. There's 53 it's-
1: rostered players. And, I mean if you think the MLB plan is bad, they are just all they're just screwed on so many levels. Because you look at the amount of players on their not only the amount of players on the team, the amount of coaches on their team, amount of like staff attendance needed for the, for that many players, but it's also more injury prone than any of these other sports. Oh yeah. So you need more backups on top of that. Oh yeah. And then you're you're trying to get all these teams into one space where are there that many football stadiums where is this money going to come from to pay for i mean just by that quantity they're like running out of city to do this and at that same time they are all more exposed no matter what because think about how many people that is like if you have what is it 50 something people compared to like a 15 that you have on the nba Yeah, the
0: NBA only had 365 players in the bubble.
1: Yeah, that is a crazy amount. And that's just more exposure. And the thing that we haven't seen yet in the NBA is what happens when someone does get it. Because now everyone's on top of each other. And that's not a huge problem in the NBA because they did a very good job of getting them in and being very careful with it. But you can't be that careful when you have that many more people
0: it kind of seems to me like the NFL just thought this would all be over by the time their season started. Like they were like looking at it, like, ah, like this is going to be over by June. NBA's going to restart July 30th. NBA was in talks to restart July 31st. They're like, Oh, by then, like we'll be fine. Like we'll have trading camp. Everything's going to be normal. But then like this whole next wave hit. And now the NFL is kind of in a spot where like, players are opting out players are worrying about their safety for this season. And the NFL has pretty much been mute.
1: like they've, they've essentially, as all the other leagues have been frantically trying to put something together to have a resemblance of the season. They've been NFL has essentially said, we'll, we'll put the draft on, uh, on virtually and uh, we'll just go around regularly. They put out their regular schedule months after sports stopped completely.
0: They've been too busy suspending Antonio Brown.
1: <laughs> eight games. Eight games and he's coming back. But, uh, yeah, they – I mean, right now, their schedule has not been altered at all compared to what it's supposed to be. I'm still seeing commercials for the regular kickoff, the regular teams. They're not even doing the regional stuff that the MLB decided to do. And they're, the other part of it is that they're going to be on top of each other. If you want to make the case that, like, the Phillies just played the Marlins – and like the, like Marlins had 28, uh, yeah, 28 people who ended up uh, contracting the disease. And the Phillies had one person and it was a clubhouse attendant for the visiting dugout who got it. If that's in football, no chance. The opposing team doesn't have any other uh, case.
0: They've, they they've done like two things. They proposed, did, have they even proposed like helmets with masks yet? Is that a thing they've done? I think they're in talks with it. There's been no official uh, decisions. Cause I know that they made the riveting decision to prevent Jersey swaps is one of their measures to prevent COVID, which they, is a uh, great. And they're really, they're really taking a stand there.
1: The NBA is pouring millions into having their entire teams play in Disney World. And the NFL just said, you know what? You guys shouldn't be switching jerseys. Just tackle each other. Just, like, just grab each other. Do whatever you want. But, like, the jerseys, I don't know. Unreal.
0: <laughs> Unreal. So, we've kind of made it through the general sports uh, stuff for our podcast today so now we got to get into our last two fun little segments um you that are going to be recurring be uh, let's call it tjbq hot take of the week um so we'll go through all kinds of sports it's kind of what we do anyway now isn't it <laughs> well we'll pick we'll pick um something that you know that we truly think is going to happen in the next week. Um and we'll make a prediction. And so what we're going to do is every episode we'll have one of these predictions and um if one of us gets more right than the other we'll have a forfeit at the end of the, uh, at uh, at the end of the month.
1: You mean a punishment and you did that to me earlier. <laughs> I did. Yeah, we we were talking
0: about this earlier over text and I think I've been watching too much uh Arsenal fan TV, because I keep saying forfeit instead of
1: punishment. <laughs> so uh, oh let's hear it. Do you have do you have a big take in mind? So I'm hoping it's not the MLB is going to shut down. Well, <laughs> well, see my
0: the, my big take. This is tough. There's there's not too much sports stuff going on. I think that as of right now, probably the hottest take that I can think of right now is that the Rockets are going to make it to the conference finals. And again, I said earlier there, in my dark horse, I really do think that like they can sneak past two teams. They can like, bro, like seriously think about Robert Covington, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, PJ Tucker. Do they have Eric Gordon right
1: now? Yeah, uh, I think he's injured. I don't think he's back yet. Well, regardless, they've got Daniel House, Ben McLemore.
0: Like, they've got a bunch of guys that don't play defense and shoot a lot of threes. And I think it's going to, like, you know, lead to some crazy shenanigans. And right now, like, in the two games that I've seen them play in the bubble, they've looked really, really good.
1: That's my hot. Thing. Are you taking the bait, though? This happens. This has happened before. Look. They
0: may be the snake oil salesman of the Western Conference. Not maybe. They definitely are the snake oil salesman of the Western Conference. Here's Mike D'Antoni, I'm, if you're walking down the streets of Houston, Mike D'Antoni's on the corner, like with his little briefcase, <laughs> offering you, like, the. His diagram of how to shoot 10 three-pointers in three minutes. <laughs> I, could, I could really use that right now.
1: So what yeah. you got for me? I, I think I'm going to have to switch to my uh, my top sport, you know, baseball. It's, I think I'm going to go with the Astros. All the talk before this entire pandemic. We all know about their cheating scandal. Uh, yes.
0: Carlos Correa should be suspended. Free Joe Kelly. Free Joe Kelly!
1: Oh my God! I think they're gonna bury, I think they're gonna be a fringe playoff team. Really? They've started the season terribly, and I think they have a target on their back more than anyone. Small sample size, but looking down the averages of their lineup, they got 182 from Springer, 158 from Altuve, 211 from Bregman. Those are three of their top hitters from years past. And like let's be real, they have a stacked lineup. And they do have some pitchers. I think the teams are just ready to fight them. And not re- and especially right now, I think they're going to just play harder.
0: Well, here's I- my question to you then. Because you know that we know that they cheated, right? And we know that they can't cheat anymore. If you're a player who's been used to – I know that they were great players before the scandal, but if for the past year you've been learning to hit, you've been learning – you've been going through the motions where you know what's coming, do you think that their low averages right now are because they're finally having to adjust to life where they don't know what's coming? I mean, they have to kind of get their form back of like, you know – This is how we actually hit.
1: And on top of that, you already have a messed up season, but you're having teams just, just coming at you. I I think, I think people are going to underestimate it because of COVID and they're forgetting, but I don't think the players do. That is a major offense and it would still be going on if they weren't caught.
0: Yeah. They do have that chip on their shoulder. Like when, you really do when, when 29 teams are against you because that's really what it is. They're the most hated team in the league. That does kind of give
1: you a little extra motive. I And know it's what? every night. It's every night. And on top of that, on top of that, you, like, we're annoyed. We don't like – like, we want the integrity of the game. We want good baseball. We don't like – like, we don't like the cheating. But these players have a much bigger connection because some of these players were kicked out of the league essentially, because they couldn't pitch to these guys. Yeah. I mean, these guys, there's tons of players on that team who are making it in the league, who are World Series champions. And you look at players around the league who aren't making it in the sport. I mean, Trevor Bauer point, pointed this out well, that there are players who are in the minor leagues for life. They could have came up, and they're losing shots because of these people who are playing. The Dodgers possibly would have won multiple or one or multiple uh, World Series if it wasn't for this. So it, it's a lot for us. It's way more for them, and it's much more personal for them. And I but, think it's going translate.
0: Right, but the other thing is from a talent perspective, they did lose Garrett Cole, and Garrett Cole was literally lights out last year. I mean, he was the best pitcher in baseball pretty much from May to October. I mean – The reason that they made the World Series was because for games one and four, Garrett Cole was taking the mound, and you knew that the Astros were winning the game.
1: And let's not forget that uh, for Erlander, I mean, originally he was reported that he's out for the season. He said he's not. Either way, he has a significant injury to his arm. So that's two big arms, and the entire team is under a microscope. The entire team. I mean, this also just can't be good for um, the dugout. I mean, you talk about chemistry. What type of chemistry are they going to have now? I I just think they're just going to fall out. I don't Maybe, think you could face this pressure for that long. So you, but but didn't you say they they were going to be a playoff team? A fringe playoff team. So a my, playoff team. My my problem is that they the MLB expanded their playoffs so that they're allowing a ton of teams in and they play in the al west who it's like oakland oakland's a good team i'll see them making the playoffs
0: rangers are good too aren't they
1: rangers uh not really i mean they're they're okay but uh i mean the rangers eh, seattle no no i mean the angels i mean they got anthony rendon they got otani back they No, 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 they don't
0: Oh, um, I think I just saw. I need to go check ESPN he's again. Out for but...
1: He's out for pitching.
0: He's still hitting. Oh, he's still hitting. Okay, the, the god of sports. I don't know how that's possible. But... That's <laughs> that's confusing because I saw that he was out for something, but like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's okay. done for pitching for a little bit. But you look at the AL West. I think I think Oakland will be up there. Do I really trust Texas, Seattle, or the Angels to? take away the second spot, I'm not sure. That's why I'm saying they're a fringe playoff team. Yeah. I, I just don't think they're going anywhere, but I think the MLB is allowing so many teams in because of all of this that there's a chance they may sneak in just because they're not total trash, pun intended. I, oh, the Angels are so disappointed. I just I want to see Mike Trout be successful. And I mean, he's, he's always been successful, but I want his team to be successful for a little bit.
0: That man threw his whole have- career away from hundreds of millions of dollars so to stay there. Why on oh earth? Gosh.
1: We haven't seen him. He hasn't been on that stage yet. I mean, he's made the playoffs once.
0: Yeah. that's See? The fact that you have the best player in the sport and you've made the playoffs
1: once is Not pathetic. even the best. I mean, he's the consensus best player in the sport. He's yeah. probably one of the best of all time. He's oh, only yeah. been in the league for a few years, and he's basically a Hall of Famer. Well, the thing is, is that's, I think people underrate him because
0: of that. Because he has no playoff appear like very little playoff experience. So people don't really understand how great Mike Chart really is because they never see him when he gets to September,
1: October, because the Angels always suck. Especially, I mean, being real, the MLB is 162 games. There are plenty of fans who will watch sometimes and but, like, don't really, really tune in. That's me. Until the playoffs, Right. There's a ton of people who are like that, and if that's the case, you really don't know Mike Trout that much because he's also a West Coast team. Yeah, but he's also a different timing. So it's yeah. like, ah, oh, but he's oh, he's just insane. You talk about MVP voting, and he's been in the top two. What was I think it was he was in the top two five out of six years. Goodness he was in the gracious. league. And the one year was because he was hurt. And he was still third. Unreal. 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 So,
0: since we are speaking about winners, it's time for us to get into our last segment of the night. And our last segment of the night, we each get to come up with a nomination for the winner of the week and the loser of the week. And uh, we'll each give our winner, we'll each give our loser, we'll each give why, and uh, we'll come to a consensus. So, um, since I am the host host for right now, I think I'll give my winner of the week first. And my winner of the week is Nick Nurse.
1: Oh, interesting
0: choice. I think there's a lot of different ways you could go. But the reason for Nick Nurse is because everybody has been counting the Raptors out for almost since the season started. It's all Bucks, celtics That's it. (laughs) Some people have said Sixers, but, again, we all know where that's going. Um, And Nick Nurse's team has come out, and they look like a playoff team right now. They they beat – They beat the Lakers coming off of that big win against the Clippers. And then they just went and beat the Heat, who were another serious team. Now, again, I know it's been two games. But, again, this is just the winner of the week. It's a one-week type deal. Nick Nurse had a great week.
1: It's my nominee. That's fair. That's fair. So, after much thought, the winner of the week. Got to give the Flyers some love.
0: Philadelphia Philadelphia Flyers.
1: Flyers. Huh? The Philadelphia Flyers, huh? Philadelphia Flyers. Gotta I mean gotta get some hockey in, you know? Uh coming out. I mean, they they won the exhibition against the Penguins, whatever. Coming out to a qualifying round for the Stanley Cup, playing the top seed, there. I mean, right now, they have they're just trying to play to be the one seed, which is now a very real possibility because of the new format. They were snuck in to be the fours because of their long streak. They come out to play the one seed in the Bruins, who have always played great games, had a great season. The Bruins were actually the team that ended our streak, ended the Flyers' streak. Right. And they looked miles ahead of the Bruins. I mean, it could have been that the Bruins played – I mean, they didn't play a great game. Tuka Rask was not in net. Man, did the Flyers look good. Oh, yeah. They were – I mean – there were a few sloppy plays at the beginning. It started off a little bit slow. Um, the defense just looked there. Carter Hart. Oh my gosh. Man. Every time I watch him, he just—he's always calm. He's—he has quick uh, instincts. But the team—the team just looks like they have that chemistry. They look like they're—it's it. In in other years, you see like single players have great years, like Giroux. Just have a bunch of great shots, but they're mixed right now with a few veterans keeping Drew, keeping vortex having a nice little season. They got Kevin Hayes, and then some of their young players, like Provorov. I mean, they're just
0: Provorov and Konechny are
1: unreal. Right, absolutely unreal. And then uh, Therby's been doing a little bit. I mean, they're I mean, I I've got to put them as the winner of the week. I I know that they've only played one real game, but. That that's a low-key great
0: win. I'm actually going to agree with you on this one because I think that the other thing is, is all you, although you did name a couple of veterans on the team, they are a generally young team, especially considering the teams that they're playing against. They're playing against the Bruins, who have this line of, of David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, and uh, Zidino Chara, right. who have been the core of their team for at least a decade, and, have show, and, and are still at their peaks. Those three guys are fantastic players. And, and that team, yeah, you're right. That team has been dominant all year. And for this Flyers team to go in, and again, the Bruins may have been rusty, but they did not miss a step. The, the Flyers look like they're ready to play. And they have confidence. And the, the thing is, is they're going to be a lot more well-rested than some of these other teams. These, the, the, the other thing about these seeding games is, yes, they, they, they're important, but they're not life or death. There's not the same – like, they're, they're competitive games. They're, they're, they're important, sure, but there's not the same playoff feel and right. playoff necess- necessity right.
1: as and there of- is
0: for these other teams. You are – you're essentially saving some you're, – you're essentially able in some circumstances to save some of your players to be able to play much harder in the playoffs against a team who's coming off of these brutal five-game series.
1: Right. I, I mean, and that's a big thing because the Flyers, the Bruins, Capitals, they're all playing three games at most. There's a good chance that not only are these, uh, other, these like, qualifying teams – going to play three very hard-fought games, there's a good chance many of those are going to go into five. Yeah. And it's going to be packed. And it's – I mean, it's – NHL has done an interesting way of making their playoffs. But I think – I think the Flyers have to take the win this week.
0: All right. So, we got – for our winner of the week, we got the Philadelphia Flyers, it looks like we're going to say. So, now on to my loser of the week. Now, I could have gone a lot of ways ways with this. We could have gone with an entire league. We could have gone with a couple players. But for this week, week, I'm going to go with my loser of the week as the New York Mets. Specifically from the fact that not only did they not want to pay their best player his bonuses, but their best player... Didn't even want to show up for the game. His agent didn't even bother to call them before the game.
1: Let's also, quick correction, Jacob deGrom is their best player.
0: Their best hitter.
1: Their best position player, right. right. Sorry,
0: their best hitter. (laughs) Let me, I I should have clarified, their best hitter. Hasn't played in like two years. (laughs) Yeah, so your highest paid player just randomly decides he's not going to show up for a game instead he goes to the mall and his agent calls you halfway to the game through the game telling you that he's not playing and you couldn't find him
1: you couldn't find your best player the disrespect even even if i mean like i get the whole opting out but the same day going to the mall with your friends i that's just poor timing i don't know what like if you're going to opt out, at least give it a few days before you, you're out publicly doing stuff that is exposing you in the exact same way.
0: My thing is, is like, you got to at least tell the team you're leaving. <laughs> you can't just, like, you can't just dip from the hotel. Like,
1: they don't, like, they didn't know where he was. And the literally, game, like, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like it was a random day, like he missed a practice. They had a game. And the yeah. game started. Yeah, the game st- – like,
0: I couldn't <laughs> imagine. A, like, a professional team. The manager is – like, that's something that you get with Little League. Like, you show up to the game and you go, oh, where's Adam? Oh, he's home today. He's not feeling well. <laughs> like, you don't have a professional team show up to a game and go, oh, where's Joanna Cespedes? Oh, he's not here. Where is he? Does anyone know where he
1: is? No. When I, when I When I get a notification saying this person can't be found, I'm thinking – could he have been kidnapped? Could he be, like, in yeah. criminal charges? But no, he's just didn't feel like telling anyone. That he just took all of his stuff and left the team hotel. He's in the hotel with yeah. other players, other coaches. Also, if you're his agent, did you not know about this? Like, why are you calling them that late anyway? Like, was there must have been some kind of miscommunication because that he's is just... A- so disrespectful. I mean, you can just
0: go on. But but the reason I'm I the reason I'm giving it to the Mets instead of Cespedes is just because the level of amateurism it takes to lose one of your own players who's one of your best players. I mean, come on.
1: I'd also like to say that they're four and seven, so they definitely know what it's like to lose.
0: Yeah, and like
1: <laughs> coming at the Mets a lot today.
0: <laughs> we are. I mean <laughs> So uh, now that I've got my little you know, assessment has out of the way, who have you got for your loser of the week as we at at, oh,
1: I'll stick to baseball again. But uh, I'm going to go for the power. Rob Manfred, staying on the loser. Oh, my God. Oh, my First God. First off, I mean, he was, he, he was made an absolute joke over this offseason just because of the Astros. Then you go into this whole COVID situation not doing anything Essentially, the Marlins, the whole the team just breaks out everywhere with COVID. It comes out that they decided whether to play in a text message. And he goes on ITV to say, oh, this isn't a nightmare. The players need to do better. Uh, the players do need to do better. But, I mean, where is the leadership? You're supposed to be the head of the entire league. Yeah. I mean, I think he's already even made a joke, and I think they, this just further put him down. Like, I, I, I don't know how he's going to come back from this.
0: Not even that. Did you hear about the other day where eight minutes before the game, they called the game off? Oh, my God. I, it's, it's unbelievable. It's how do you un- call a game off eight? Like, look, the only time I understood that happening was when back in March, when this thing was first getting started – when they found out that Rudy Gobert tested positive eight minutes before the game, that's, that's, that's understandable. But for some inexplicable reason, eight, like everyone's warmed up and eight minutes before you go, Oh, by the way, the game's not happening today.
1: Really? And also if you're doing it because of Corona and you want to limit the spread, you do realize eight minutes before the game, the players have been there for hours It's not like a little league game where you get there like 15 minutes before the game. You like throw around a little bit and play. They do batting practice. They get breakfast there usually. They go in the workout room before games usually. They have been there the entire day. And you're now telling them, by the way, even though you guys are on the field, like you already handed in the lineup cards, you're just like, you're not playing. This is a bad idea. (laughs) It's now a bad idea. Like what's changed? Come on, man.
0: You know what? I think that since I, I think we should just give baseball our the, the MLB oh, in general. Just just give baseball our freaking loser of the week this week
1: because I think Manfred's loser of the year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man Well, because the other thing is is Manfred also suspended Joe Kelly a games for
1: oh, God, what a, Carlos you know, Correa
0: and none. How, is, no, how, does, no. how does Carlos Correa get nothing out of that?
1: Ah oh, What a joke. I get I get the whole trying to protect the players because he threw at his head. He threw 99, whatever. You didn't hit him. He didn't hit him. I mean, it, yeah, he still targeted his head. I get that. If you want to spend him a little bit, that's fine. Eight games, first off, eight games in a regular season is pretty significant. Eight games in a 60 game season is very, that's almost a sixth of the game. Yeah, that's what? That's like suspending him for.
0: That's like a a 30-something game suspension, at least, uh, in a regular season.
1: I just don't see it. I feel like there's just no consistency with the calls. And, I mean, like, it's not even, like, one of those things that, like, the NFL does where they basically just change something because all their fans are pissed off. Yeah. This is going against the fans. Like, where – like, who thought of this? Who thought this was a good idea? Let's go – I have another hot take. If Rob Manfred – is
0: commissioner by the end of this year? Oh
1: no! Oh no! If
0: Rob Manfred is still commissioner <laughs> by the end of this year. I'll jump into the pool at Gratz at the end of the year if Rob Manfred's still commissioner.
1: It, I, I think it sounds like we're having a pool party. That's what it sounds like. You know what? <laughs> we'll
0: have a pool. I. You know what? We can have a we can have a pool party when, when Rob Manfred announces his resignation in three oh, weeks after suspending cool. the league. <laughs>
1: And I you might as well just make silver the silver the MLB commish. You go, you know what? Take out Roger Goodell too. We don't need him. Just let Adam Silver let, run three leagues. Yeah, let him run sports. Bet, might Bet, as well, Betman's fine. NHL. I mean, they stay out of it. We'll do whatever. But let, let let Silver run sports. He's doing a nice
0: job over there. I'm sure Adam Silver come up could come up with a better name than the Washington Football Team. <laughs>
1: uh. Well, that's on. I'll give that to Dan Snyder. Another bonehead of the year. Oh yeah, but by the
0: way, at the end of the year, we have to do a loser of the year, winner of the year. <laughs> yes, easily we- happening. full forwards. Full full <laughs> <laughs> well, so we we've been on for a fair amount of time. The episode's probably going to end up being thirty to forty-five minutes. So I think this is a good place to say, you know what? This is the end of episode one of Turk and Jules' big question Two Jews with three thousand sports views. Um, if you're listening, hope you're enjoying it and having a good time, and uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Currently, two a.m. doing it for the fans, just so you guys could have it on your Tuesday morning. So
0: it's probably not going to get uploaded Tuesday morning. No. It's probably <laughs> going to be a. It's probably going to be a Wednesday morning type of deal by the time I get done editing all of this. Maybe Friday. You know what? Call it call it Sunday. You know, whenever you hear that, you know, just, just, just let me know when you hear this podcast and when I've actually dropped it, how long the editing took. Hashtag
1: reply snap.
0: Hashtag reply snap. All right, that's our show. Thanks and talk to y'all later.